the cheddar biscuit butterfly shrimp from Popeyes going in. My disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. Redistribution Party. My name is Jack Lewis Evans. And I am, my name is Sean Morley. Do you love to select or do you clink the bars of your multiple choice decision prison? Picture this. You need a cone of chips to feed your dog. Eight chippies nearby are a scam and one sells poison. The only person who can help you? The kind of person willing to review a chippy online. Is this any way to live? How would you rate it out of five? Thank you for your answers. Your feedback is very important to us. If you'd like to support the podcast, please check out patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party where you can unlock a growing treasure trove of bonus content. Additionally, we always appreciate helping others find the podcast by giving us a shout out on social media or leaving us a five star review. After all, people use those to work out if a podcast is any good. What was that? Oh, the reviews are in. Uh, do you want to see? Mate, I, I'm saying for reviews, you know, I'm saying for reviews. I don't, I don't want it in my brain. I don't want it in my brain. Are you sure? This one's a nice one. Five stars. <sighs> do they say anything? Is there any specifics? Uh, a relatively well-researched podcast from two amateur podcasters sounds like they're having a lot of fun. Mate, that's fucked. That's, that's damning with faint praise. That's fucked. No, no, it's, it's just patchy praise. It's just praise with patches of uh, bad bits in. It just focus on the nice bits. It's bad. It's five stars. Oh, oh no. What's happened? Nah, it's all right. Maybe you were right. What's happened? Is there another review? Yeah, but it's, it's okay. We, I don't think we need to actually, um, okay, but don't to go, go into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, you're right. I don't know why I, I got sucked into that there a little bit. We don't, we don't need to think about this. Okay, so in this Fucked episode... slop. Sorry, what? Fucked slop for thick pigs. What? Two stars. That could be worse. Yeah, could be one worse. So if I'm looking for a thing, there's a sweet spot of price to critical consensus. There's two lines, right? Two mm. of those diagonal graph lines. And yeah. one is like, how good is the thing? Then the other is, how much am I paying for it? Mm. And then there's a sweet spot where like both of them have gone up just the most at the same time. And yeah. a lot of consumer technology has this thing where you're like, you know how there's like low shelf, mid shelf, mm -hmm. top shelf of everything. There's one product in the mid shelf and it's just better than the others. Yeah. And then just dominates that industry for mm -hmm. a bit. And it comes in like, I remember finding that there was one for fans. It was yeah. just the, it was, it was the, I don't know what the word is, the blowingest fan. It would blew the most, <laughs> more blow for your butt. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a key criteria for a fan. Yeah, yeah, the fan well, that can blow the most air. I want yeah, it sure. blowy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because there's people, you know, review culture's gone mad. Or people yeah, yeah. like, oh, I love the aesthetics. Does it no, blow? Yeah. Does, <laughs> does the vacuum cleaner create a vacuum that sucks yeah, oh, stuff up? I love the noise it makes when it's on. Okay, oh, yeah, does it suck? Yeah, does it does the dust go yeah, well, in no, the flipping no. nozzle? Does, yeah, the one product where you want, someone writes it sucks and you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, okay. Uh, just ignore the text. What's the star reading? Yeah. <laughs> Baffled by the text. Yeah. Reads like a zero. Yeah. I feel it with the vacuum cleaner. You probably see why the star system was invented. Yeah. <laughs> Pros ambiguous. Give them some stars. It's weird, isn't it? The products and like things just ended up with the same star rating of, of like a film. Yeah, the exact same system. Mm. That you would use to talk about like Iron a Zippo Man. lighter yeah. is now the same you'd use to talk about a Shakespeare play in the West End. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like consumer reviews have to happen because there's not critics of those things. There's websites which will pretend to be crit they'll pretend to be like we've reviewed these fans but they're actually just a sort of front for seo optimized <laughs> nonsense content i think there's like critic brain yeah obviously like we've worked in the arts and done different things there so we've got a very a specific conception yeah, of yeah, critic yeah. brain but there's critic brain for everything yeah. like you can go on youtube and find someone for the last six years they've just reviewed crisps <laughs> but because they've just thought about crisps critically for mm. so long it has made their crisp feelings and opinions and critical perception has detached itself so far from your average crisp mm. consumer mm. they're no longer useful for consumer advice yes they're interesting and only interesting to yeah. see what a absolutely reified crisp pilled uh, person crisp would be yeah. like yeah, yeah. but beyond that not useful for working out whether i go for skips or quavers after a night out because they're no longer eating crisps for pleasure. I think even if they enjoy a crisp, they're thinking about what their opinion is for it. And yeah, each crisp the informs their opinion. They're always on the clock. You would, it was impossible. Yeah. I think once you go critic on a thing, any interaction with that thing, which you probably started reviewing because you really liked it, you, are, you have actually ruined your life. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you don't want to be in a position where like someone offers you a hula hoop on a Sunday and you're like, it's Sunday, I'm yeah, off the I'm clock. Off. It's I a day of no. rest. <laughs> yeah, this is unholy. Whereas you five years ago would have been like, oh, a, hula hoop, a new hula hoop, wow. Yeah, I actually like crisps quite a lot. That's yeah. what you would have said. Yeah, I wish my job was to talk about crisps. Yeah, I wish I could do something I love. <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> One of the fingers on the monster munch just curls. <laughs> I'll have, what's your, what's your uh, top crisps? Monster munch flaming hot is in my top three. Crisps suck. Fuck you. Crisps suck. Get fucked. Suck. Crisps suck. I've had to stop. I, mate, crisps Crisps are so good that I had to decrisp myself. I had to consciously decrisp. Crisps, they just suck. Crisps, I had to stop. Fizzy drinks and crisps, I had to get myself off them. Crisps are chips for cowards. <laughs> what? <laughs> Elaborate. I well, a crisp is potato, right? But for someone who's well, no, 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 a some crisps well, are potato. Well, some well, of them well, are well, You're telling me a Pringle like, is a crisp. Okay, so I see that you're. We're already mm. not friends. <laughs> <laughs> monster Munch, not potato. What, not, what is, is Monster Munch? You're going to tell me it's kind of hash brown. You're mad. Oh, I'm not. Fuck off. Monster. <laughs> oh no, Monster Munch is potato. Monster Munch is twenty-eight percent sunflower oil. It's mostly oil. Twenty-eight percent sunflower oil. 23% potato powder, 22% potato starch, and then they stop saying the percentages, corn starch, pea starch, sweet whey powder, whey, high protein. Monster mm. Munch is for bodybuilding. 
Monster munches for lifters, yeah. Monster munches for closers. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I also like a frazzle. What is frazzle made of? Corn and rapeseed mm. oil, different oil. Real good. So you don't like any crisp? You just reject crisps? No, I eat crisps. I eat crisps, okay? Yeah. I mean, criticize society, but I also participate in society, okay? I'm very clever. <laughs> <laughs> no ethical crisps. There's no right. ethical crisps under capitalism. So what, do you have, you must have a preference. You've written off, you've written crisps off, but you must have a preference. I have, I have Pringles. Pringles are good. Pringles? Pringles. What, just all Pringles, regardless oh. of flavour? Do you know what's nice? Um, uh, Doritos, Chili Heat Wave. Chili Heat Wave Doritos is good. I like the thing with crisps that purport to be hot, but they're not, but they're still nice. Anyway, you've moved on from Pringles there. You've said Pringles is your favourite. Bombay Mix. Fuck, is Bombay Mix a crisp? I guess it is. Is it? Is, you know, it, is it? Is it? There's some there's some stuff in there that's a crisp, but there's also something that looks like a hard pea. You ever eaten a pot noodle or just without water? Is that a crisp? I think I've eaten a super noodle without water. Yeah. Is that a crisp? No, because it's pasta, no. isn't it? It's, mm, it's, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. wheat. Oh, so it has to be potato to be a crisp. We're back there. Um, so I've moved on from my own... Right, listen. What flavour Pringle? I would say chicken paprika, if that is one. Chicken paprika? Is that one? That feels like two different flavours. Um, okay, paprika. Paprika's a good flavour crisp. Thank you. You're welcome. I believe... <laughs> <laughs> I believe Pringles... <laughs> <laughs> weren't Pringles designed by rats no designed for <laughs> designed for rats they were tested on rats no I'm getting it back to reviews listen Sean I'm, I'm here hello what do you want <laughs> I'm trying to make a fucking podcast uh, the... <laughs> right breathe Right. Were Pringles designed by scientists based on how much rats smashed through them? So they kept like changing the shape and the like how crunchy it was and all how much salt until it like a rat would keep eating it till it died. I don't know. I've never heard this before. Were Pringles designed by scientists using rats? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Google gave me nothing. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. This is completely unusable. No, this is going in. This is going in. Chat GPT has quite bluntly said to me. I've asked Pringles. I've asked ChatGPT. Were Pringles designed by scientists using rats? And ChatGPT has said, no. <laughs> Pringles were not designed by scientists using rats. <laughs> And I said, elaborate. And it says, this is a myth that has been circulating on the internet for years, but it is completely untrue. 
Pringles were actually invented by an engineer named Frederick Bauer in the 1960s while working for Procter & Gamble. Bauer was tasked with creating a new type of potato chip that would be more uniform in shape and less prone to breakage than traditional potato chips. He developed a process for moulding potato flakes into a uniform shape and thus the Pringle potato chip was born. There is no evidence to suggest that Bauer used rats or any other animal in the development of Pringles. The idea that Pringles were created using rats is simply an urban legend with no basis in reality. Uh, well, I was trying to make a point about, you know, consumer feedback. And I think anyway, you did. Yeah. I think I did, yeah. I think that I think a, you did. we certainly made our point. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I quite liked the phase in the late 2000 zeros where people would write a joke review oh, that was clearly yes. a joke, but then someone else would find it, think it was real, post yes. it on Reddit, and then get like, wow, I can't believe someone put this wild... People would write mini essays fawning over a pack of like A4 lined paper. Yeah, yeah. Or milk. I think there was a review of like whole milk where someone was talking about how it changed their life, yeah. which got fully memed into oblivion. And there was one of like Viet hair removal cream that involved a spatula somehow. People sat at home writing funny reviews became the largest source of accidental plagiarism on the stand-up comedy open mic circuit oh, where people God, unknowingly yeah. were reading out what was just a joke someone else had written, hmm. except this person has now printed it out. And it's always like whenever a, <laughs> a media prints something out. Look at this, this is mad. Yeah, can you imagine this? Can't believe this. People sitting listen, being like, that's obviously a joke though, isn't it? You've just found someone else's <laughs> joke. And now you're trapped within their imagination. <laughs> Do you have any tips and tricks when you're trying to use like Google Maps reviews or restaurant like TripAdvisor reviews to work out which businesses are actually going to give you a good meal? Do I have any tips or tricks? For instance, do you have a personal preference for how long ago a bad review has to be before you're like, nah, it's probably not relevant now. They probably sorted that aspect out. <laughs> Like someone could be like, I saw a rat, but you're like, uh, you saw that rat a year and a half ago. That rat is dead. I won't see that rat. You might see that rat's kids. Yeah, I might see the rat's kids, yeah, but who knows they what they're be, like. Yeah, they could be lovely. Yeah. Um, new generations, new generations could behave very differently. Culture moves on. Now you've said maps. I like a map search. But I think location and proximity to things, other things I might want to do, or where I am. I'm looking for a Chinese restaurant. But you want it to be near a swimming pool. <laughs> because <laughs> i want to do i want to get really full and then have a really risky swim that's the thing isn't it don't swim if you're full is that a thing do you know i think it's one of those somewhere between old wives tales mm. and just outdated medical advice i've a hundred percent had a dunk on a shepherd's pie and i'm normal i'm fine <laughs> dunk on a sheppy i call it a sheppy dunk <laughs> dunk dunker's pie <laughs> <laughs> Plowman's dunk. I tell you what I feel should be integrated. The food hygiene rating. Mm, the fact that that's not there. But you've got to go look that up. Never look that up because you're going to find out the place you like has a very low rating. They oh, almost yeah. are often inverse. There was, when I was at university, the place that I would walk past, like my closest and most convenient falafel place. Um, was revealed to have a zero. Mate, I was thinking of a falafel place as well that also had a zero. Falafel was good though. I did once find um, a screw mm. in a falafel wrap. <laughs> what the fuck? It was full screw. And I think it was like... Yeah, this is why you got a chew. 
carefully. Yeah, and I don't, you know. I chew like an owl, which is just to say I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a full screw. And I did think, because I don't review, I think anyone who leaves a comment under anything, anyone who leaves a review is outside of society. Yeah, they're not normal. They're abnormal. I never review. So the, the filter is the person who's decided to review. So there's the person who's decided to give a positive review, person yeah. who's decided to give a middle review, person decided to give a... Uh, an extra review. They're all they're all different people, but they've all the one thing they have in common is I'm going to post a review. Is they have to write a review. Yeah, and I I, I bit into this screw in a falafel wrap, and I thought, do I have some obligation now? Yeah, to protect. Do others. I have an obligation on the world? Yeah, am I going to do you know vigilantism via <laughs> the Google Maps review? I don't remember if I did anything. I think maybe I left like two stars because the falafel was nice. <laughs> But the, the screw is, you know, the screw's a bit too much. You, you really shouldn't be doing that. If something fucks up and you're, you're out and some, something goes wrong with... I, uh, I'm i not even a complainer because I'm like, oh, it's not even... If someone else says, is this all right? You know, was everything okay? I'll just say, yeah. You won't even give feedback in the moment no. to the person. No. It's difficult, right? Because it's transactional. Mm. The moment you pay for something, half of society thinks that gives them license to have a go. And the other half is like, oh, that means for you, this is just your fucking job. You don't care if I like this soup. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone splits right down the middle. That's the culture war right there. Whether or not you can send something back because there's metal in it. (laughs) (laughs) Because it nearly killed you. Because it literally could kill you, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even kick up a fuss. I didn't even ask for a refund. Mm. Because I ate around the screw. You didn't take the screw out? You had around yeah, and it. I've got the value of the screw on top. I could screw that into the wall. That That's undamaged. What type of screw was it? Little screw? No, it was a big screw. Well, how, well, what are we talking? An inch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an inch long screw. Could, you could, with the, um, yeah, like that long, spiral but... thing, that rifling, that lets it screw in. A, a screw. Oh, yeah, as opposed to a nail. Yeah, what I've done there is I've just given <laughs> a defining characteristic of a screw rather than a type of screw. Yeah. Well, do you know what? No, because you're, maybe you're all DIY, but I know we're going to have people back yeah, yeah, yeah. there who I say a screw, and right. then, God bless yeah, yeah. their they souls, they're, they're picturing a nail, yeah, they're picturing yeah, yeah, a nail. Yeah. And if you're out there, we want you listening, okay? I don't want, I'm, I'm the one thinking about you. Jack doesn't give a shit about Did you, you guys. <laughs> I do, Oh, I can care. you tell me what a rivet then is, Jack, if you're well, so... this is why, no, do you... <laughs> What's this? Uh, did, you think you- <laughs> do you, do you, did you pick out what I'm interested in What's and what this? I'm sure the listeners interested in? <laughs> is did you get the did you get the falafel that was lodged between the the screw? You know the the stuff that's in the actually in this in the body of the screw. Oh, did I lick the falafel out oh, yes, from in, in the gaps? I said you could have dug, dug it out by other means. What with my fingernails or something? What are you accusing me of here? <laughs> Just because I told you didn't know Another what a rivet is. Well, I don't know. deep antagonism going on here. No, that's not, that's not <laughs> antagonism. Licking, I want to know you think how I'm much... licking falafel out between the gaps of a screw that nearly killed me. You think I'm absolutely warped. What I'm trying to ascertain is how much contact with the screw was acceptable for the falafel. What so, is that? I don't even understand that question. How did you eat the falafel around the screw? The, f- how the much falafel was in a wrap? Yes. So I'm biting into the wrap. Uh-huh. And in one of those bites, something is amiss. Mm-hmm. And I fish out a full screw screw from my mouth mm-hmm. where is there anything in there that answers the question that i don't understand <laughs> was there any falafel left on the screw okay so i'm i because it's a wrap are we saying falafel right and now that we're going really granular on this story i should falafel. feel falafel Fala, falafel falafel having a 
Because you can always say having a falaf. No, having a falaf, yeah. If you ever laugh with me, you're having a falafel, you can say I'm having a falaf, and mm. that's my mnemonic. Yeah. So I don't embarrass myself falafel. when I'm going to a shisha bar or whatever. Right. I'm always saying having a falaf, and I always make friends with everyone that I'm sharing the shisha <laughs> with. <laughs> you're having a falaf? People are like, that's really good. Do you want this um, mango-flavoured smoke? Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Four stars. Yeah. Um, because it's in a wrap, I didn't know if it was inside mm. a falafel or not. I, I may have embellished the story somewhat. So the screw's just hanging out in the wrap. It could have been someone wow. tightened the wrap into the cylinder and then maybe screws got flung around. Maybe people what? have... This made more sense to me when the when the the screw had got into the substance of the falafel for some reason. Now strange I think, that isn't I it? I think if you were making, isn't it more it, likely it fell into the wrap? It's it's no, that seems less likely to me. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but did you? So you didn't leave a review. You know, I have no idea if I did. But even if I did, I don't think it would have been one star. Because everything around the screw would have been nice. I think I would have been obliged to describe the food and take it all as one. Mm. I don't think one bad event should take everything down to one star. But that's not a philosophy that's followed by most of the reviewers. They review no. any aspect. And if they find one thing they dislike... Then it's one star. Then it's one star. And then there's other people... The people that maybe I find more interesting mm. are the people who say, this gave me food poisoning, this killed my dog, mm. the driver who I know works for this restaurant ran over my cat and called me a Mr. Piss when he gave me the food. <laughs> Four stars. <laughs> and I'm like... Mr. Piss! <laughs> yeah. He's always coming come in there you. to use the toilet. He actually has quite a lot of resentment towards him. Now, if you read the review, it's completely unsubstantiated. This driver's right. never met me. <laughs> Just mistook you for Mr. Biss. Yeah, but he is right. I do have a urinary tract problem, but I don't think he knew that. <laughs> because of how capitalism and consumerism yeah. has ensured that for every choice you need to make, there's six to 12 options mm. that are now viable and competing for your attention. There needs to be some kind of arbitration, some kind of metric just for picking which one. Because some of them are fucking awful. And this isn't just food. This is literally anything. If you try to buy anything, there's always a chance you can get scammed because alongside <laughs> yeah. the product line, there's like expensive, inexpensive, and then scam. And now there's also <laughs> scam, which costs the same as the normal yeah, yeah, variety yeah, yeah. because that blends in better. Mm. So you need some kind of consumer arbitration so that you're not being scammed with shit stuff. Yeah. But you're, you're reliant on the kind of people would leave reviews the kind of, you're reliant on the kind of person who would leave positive reviews as well but you know you're relying on both yeah that's why when you get in tech there's this amazing community of people who've gone like well beyond the odds <laughs> and they've like you know they put every chip in a blender they've hit yeah. everything with a hammer they know what happens to like a motherboard if a ghost goes through it and they put it in this like massive review that's translated into italian and german that they've personally translated into Italian and German. Yeah, so it's all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Europeans <laughs> can't follow it. Who's got the time to be doing this? Who's got the time to be posting a review? But even then, that, that goes back to the issue of who might self-select to be a reviewer. Yeah, yeah, it tends yeah. to be, you know, it tends more middle class and it tends more old. It's retirees and teenagers yeah. who even have the time to be one of those top-ranked viewers in Google's system. A lot of these electronics mass review mm. websites reward you simply for reviewing so you sometimes see someone who's like they've reviewed two thousand things what? and they're just going into places to get a cup of lemonade and going was nice <laughs> was nice had potted fern yeah good drink four stars 
and they're reviewing just for the sake of reviewing something. But then the other problem of if you go like to the traditional like print reviewer, semi-journalist reviewer, you create an even more rarefied class of non-consumer whose tastes and opinions are irrelevant to most mm. of the consumer base because it's part of their job to have opinions that are in some way better, different or distinguished from Mr. Piss on the street. And then there's the difference. There's the difference between the reviewer and the critic. The, the critic might engage with, say, a video game on the basis of what emotions is this trying to evoke? What tradition is this in? Yeah, how do we analyse this and fit this in the history of some kind of medium? Yeah, Yeah, versus the consumer review, which is like how many hours of value did I get out of this or something? Or And then I guess it's a symptom of a system where we don't have much control over what is made and how it's made, right? Yeah. The scale of a globalised economy and a, and a capitalist economy is something that we, the consumer, has very little direct control over yeah. the, the nature, quality, usefulness of the things we buy. An online review gives us a way to kind of voice an opinion and, and some influence, some little tiny voice over production. But also at the same time, reinforce market forces and reinforce uh, the sort of dominance of the market and consumerism and capital, whilst also being a glimmer of something else. It's, it's kind of an illusion of agency. Yeah, it's not really. But also the degree to which consumer guidance is like not democratized but it's like digital platformized so now anyone can log in and leave their their two cents you get this huge <laughs> influx of like choice noise yeah. like have you ever had someone when you're talking about oh i don't know how to find such and such a thing or i need to buy such and such a yeah. thing someone recommends you a trusted person who either writes a website or makes videos or does something that will help you make that decision. So you've used a, a friend who has reviewed several reviewers and recommends you a reviewer so that you can then find a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is absurd and it's also like common. And then I have developed opinions about which people I know have a bad discerning eye for which reviewers they might recommend me. <laughs> And I'm happy to tell you who they are if you want to talk to them. <laughs> implicit in all of this is because they need to be reviewed, right? They need like these citizen watchdogs. Implicit in that is that we cannot trust the businesses to be accurate. <laughs> yeah, they, they're liars. We know they lie. Yeah. And that's built into the system. <laughs> and we all know they're trying to rip us off, right? And we realise everyone trying to share information about businesses constantly is a pushback on the fact that every private business that sells to the public is trying to rip us off. Yeah, yeah. And within that, you've got people who give bad reviews on, like, nonsense stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, um, the shop by me was next to this car park, which was privately run, and they were always issuing fraudulent fines because they allowed one of their... It was like a one-way in, one-way out, and the camera that would track you going out, whether it broke or whether they were always disabling it or whatever, yeah. but it would always see when you come in and then leave. It'd be like, you've actually been here for six months. Here's a huge fine. And people would review the shops they were visiting badly because of the car park. Mm. And it's interesting that that is commonplace. But no one's ever reviewing the shop badly for the conditions of the workers. No one's ever reviewing <laughs> the shop badly because it imports products that are made with like modern day slavery. Yeah. It's not reviewing them really on environmental impact. The consumer review, unsurprisingly, reinforces consumerism. Mm. 
there can be a, a fucked power imbalance there if it's a really small business because you know we were just expressing how you know people don't have much agency over production but if someone does try to go okay i'm gonna make some really bespoke little thing that i'm gonna sell on etsy and i'm gonna put my heart and soul into it and then they get a couple of pedant negative reviews or even review bombed that individual producer versus uh, a few consumers that can just completely destroy their livelihood yeah you can absolutely tank someone and increasingly because of the i don't want to call it democratization just the mass accessibility of like digital tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah people review bomb stuff for like wildly political stuff all the time and so <laughs> yeah. just r- random pieces yeah. of of media and sometimes even just pieces of like utilitarian equipment get destroyed under the heels of they like get dis- a, someone decides they're woke or something yeah someone just yeah. makes a chair and they don't know about the culture war <laughs> and then they're, just, they're destroyed because they've made a rainbow chair for six-year-olds you know mm. and now they have to be taken all the way down it's not quite like the falafel incident mm. But I left my first ever video game review last year. I, I played a puzzle game, yeah. and in it, it was a 3D environment. It had billboards, yeah. and they would allow people to rent the advertising space on billboards in the game. And I'd never seen that before, and I thought, that's weird. And so I thought, does this QR code work? So I, I scanned one of the QR codes in this game, and it sent me to an American right libertarian website that taught you how to make bombs and rifles at home. <laughs> And I was thinking, that's fucked. <laughs> that's worse than a screw in the falafel. Yeah, and I wrote, I went on Steam and I wrote, one star, just so you know, this person has sold advertising space to a, like a make-your-own-bomb website. Then I put, keep politics out of games. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of people were saying, oh, thank you for telling me. But some people were like pushing back and being like, oh, yeah, you, you think politics is a game, yet you play all these gun games. I didn't. I'm not engaging. I shouldn't have left a review in the first place. Mm. But like, people pushing back on this media is a radicalization tool for the far right in America. People are like, oh yeah, but you play. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you've played Halo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be dragged into an argument. I'm just telling you this thing. There's this real swamp, the bog, that seems to attach itself to something when you're just being like, what should I do in the evening? What should I do? Where should I get my egg foo young tonight? Making an episode about reviews has reminded me to check in on someone called Andrew Twentyman. Twentyman is the owner of Twentyman's Artisan Bakery and Pizzeria in Lee and was interviewed by both the Guardian's Helen Pidd and the Mail's Dan Hodges as a sort of authentic northern working class Tory voter in 2020. Lee, where his pizza shop is, uh, the, the reason they're kind of interested in this place is that it voted Labour from 922 but went Tory in 2019 thanks to authentic working class voters like Andrew Twentyman. And back in 2020 when this guy comes into the limelight, there's two interesting results. Firstly, it's obviously the question of why the Guardian is framing a business owner as working class, uh, like Twentyman's current social economic status, a restaurant owner with employees rather than his past experiences define his social class, regardless of if he put in lots and lots of work or started with nothing or 
really, really hard on his bootstraps. Like as the current owner of Twentyman's Artisan Bakery and Pizzeria, he reaps the benefits of his business's success, no matter how small that business is. Like makes decisions that impact his employees and has control over the capital and assets tied to the establishment. These factors place him in a different class from his employees who depend on him for their wages and have less control over their work environment. The Guardian putting this guy in the same category as his working class employees undermines the unique challenges faced by those who lack ownership and control over the means of production, like job insecurity, wage stagnation, etc., etc., which are challenges that business owners like Twentyman do not typically encounter in the same way. Second, though, and more fun for this episode, is that the best thing about Twentyman is his replies to reviews. Like, he sometimes responds to the positive ones, often responds with an XX, which I th- at first I was like, why is he putting little kisses in his reviews? in his responses, positive or negative. But I realized that the XX is not two little kisses, it's 20. It's the Roman numerals for 20. He thinks it's a cool little sign-off thing. A lot of the negative reviews, 20 men will just respond with a dinging bell emoji, not adding a bell emoji, like a lot of dinging bell emojis, and the words woke alert. It is just a small selection of reviews and Twentyman's responses. Uh, here's Lewis Parker Channing's review. He's done 197 reviews on Google. The pizza was quite underwhelming. And the response from the owner, Twentyman? Under everything is where you want everyone. Bully and thug. I will stick your head on a spike along the castle wall to ward off the putrid venom that you try and read. This is Wes Burgess's reviews. 22 reviews. Food was nice, however, the staff in the kitchen were very rude to their front-of-house staff and shouting across the restaurant. Very unprofessional and appalling to see as a customer. Avoid, avoid, avoid. And the response from the owner. Sadly, your one-star review sits alongside many other blag reviews, so I can call you a Karen. You have never sat in to eat. This is unprofessional. Your partner was a front of house. So this is left on her behalf, which is still whistleblowing. I get it that you aren't happy with the situation, but to say avoid, avoid, avoid. Leave the fake review on, take it off. Either way, you've made your point. And here's Trevor Smith's review. He's got 285 reviews on Google. Pizza was good, but it's very expensive. No discount for takeaways and £3.50 for seven olives. I won't be back. When I turned up to collect, it was a very frosty atmosphere. Not very inviting, considering I was the only customer at the time. And the response from 20 men, and this one's got the sign off. Frosty is as frosty gives dickhead. Gorgles with wild garlic this week. Defo not Crespo. You should have gone to Lidl. How many points have Google given this week, you lonely fool? We should call you Russell the Explorer. Still looking for his Explorer's badge. Thank you for your feedback, XX. So if you have like a two-star review, like a middling review score, Mm -hmm. but it's been reviewed thousands of times, Mm. it's probably good. Probably fine. Because <laughs> why, are, they, why right. are people going there? No, when you go there, you'll find it's next to a train station or a bus interchange. That's normally where those places come from. They're in an unbeatable location. Nah. You've never been to the low-reviewed place that's really busy, and it's just really busy, and therefore the service is dreadful. <laughs> but Yes. But that's good, right? Um, yeah. The agro restaurant, it's not just because of location. I've been to these places that are in a weird village. The number of reviews is as important as the score. Sometimes businesses, you when you when you buy a local restaurant or whatever, you inherit all of their reviews unless you do a full rebrand. So sometimes you find out nothing about this restaurant has anything to do with what it was two years ago, but all the one-star reviews saying, this guy's always spitting or whatever, or he keeps putting <laughs> coleslaw on my dinner no matter what I say. I like the reviews um, that it's gone downhill reviews. 
the reviews where like we mm. used to come here for years but it's all and then there's a review that's just like really negative but it has all these references to the good old days yeah that's the rose tinted glass is about this business when it were good yeah and you can never pin down what's different about it between then and now it's the first time they went in sober they've had differences happen in their life yeah, yeah. What's that saying? You cannot walk in the same river twice. <laughs> <laughs> it should, it should, you know, when you like click on one of those, um, the, the box in the form to fill in, that should be the partially opaque italics text that you've got to wipe out in order to write in. Remember, experience is always holistic. You are change. <laughs> You're a child of the earth and moon, and so is mr wings restaurant who are you to judge we are all flowing in the same river everything would get three stars <laughs> and that's the other thing the illiteracy about the star system applying the welsh concept of hiraith to food reviews hit me so uh, hiraith is this idea of a, a kind of homesickness or nostalgia for uh, a place or time that no longer exists or, may, or maybe never existed and maybe you haven't even been there so maybe you're like nostalgia for it is for a thing mm. that never was it's like it's mainly uh, about like a lost sense of community or connection to heritage or something yeah and that connects to like welsh national identity but i can also see how it affects going to a skate shop that's changed hands <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> like i think what a lot of people are nostalgic for is going through a door while in a good mood. <laughs> and they're trying to capture that in these little ratings and these little comments. Because it's impossible to... I love people who are very bad at reviewing, like amateur mm. reviewers, because I think they're the most honest when they let you know that the fact that it was raining directly affects their experience of stuff. Someone who adds to their review, I had a headache. I had a new coat and it didn't feel very conformed to my body shape at that time. And that distracted me <laughs> while I got my foot massage. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of the reasons that the proper critic, the professional critic who makes an art of criticism, whatever they're critiquing, part of that work is through their body of work, or sometimes even within the work itself, you become familiar with who that person is and their yeah. history and their relationship to things and how they respond to things. And then you can angulate from that, this is how I might respond to things from, from what you know of them. Yeah. as an individual. But the consumer review, you know, 3,000 four-star reviews cannot approximate that. It can't get to the the individual who you kind of, even if you disagree with them, you know why they think what they think because you can understand the kind of trajectory of their experience and thought. I like to see glimmers of that in a consumer review. You want to see all of it. I want people to read five reviews and also, as well as knowing, you know, whether this sandwich was nice, whether this Sports Direct had good service, yeah, you know, yeah. whether this toll booth had a polite operator, as well as knowing <laughs> that, I know the broad constellation of their entire life and how it's led them to those opinions. I want to know something that happened in year four directly affected how they responded in Asda yeah, when they, they were told there's no chutney. <laughs> <laughs> they should write it in. But that, that can't be encapsulated into the star review system. No, and that's the problem. And that's the flaw. The thing is, as much as the thing that renders all the review stuff kind of pointless is that as much as we have been told we're hyper individuated and we need to find the right product for us, most of us have exactly the same needs from <laughs> most things we're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying to find a fan that blows air, we're trying to find a fridge that keeps things cold. 
Yeah. If I go here and order food, will it arrive warm within an hour of ordering? Did it just give it five stars? I'm trying to find someone, if I go in and say, yeah. I just need a jacket for a wedding and I don't have any nice clothes, yeah. they'll just find me one and not make me feel weird about my body. Five stars. <laughs> Everyone has exactly the same needs. We don't need everything reviewed a thousand times by different individuals because all they're doing is saying, was it hot, was it cold? It's, it's, it's not that necessary. Was I in a bad mood? Yeah, I well, I don't need to know if it was raining or not. We all experience most of the basic sensations of life the same way. We're not really as hyper-individuated as the would-you-like-your-car-in-every-single-colour-of-the-spectrum mm. culture would like us to believe. I'm fascinated by the phenomenon of just, like, fake reviews. You know, where, you, you know what you were saying before, like, one of the purposes of reviews is to work out if things, things not a scam. Mm. The scam people know this, so they make sure there's reviews. But then <laughs> they often don't put that much effort into them. <laughs> Yeah. So they'll just say things that very prompt, good service. There's like spelling mistakes in it to give it a humanity. So when there's this inevitable wave of uh, chat GPT reviews. Well, then suddenly it will shoot up, right? Because it will become grammatical. It would sometimes say, I am a large language model, so I cannot taste an egg too young. And then you'll know it. But most of the time, you won't be able to tell, I think. But I think the smart scammer will just put in some mistakes, pepper them in. Well, I knew people at university who did this. Mm. I think there was an early time in the industry where people were like, oh, everything's being reviewed. Let's just pay some kids to review it. And at that point, I think they were undetectable. Mm. And then they became highly detectable because it said, like, food warm, I nice, four stars. Mm. And now it's going to be like, yeah, just straight to, I'm a large language model. I do not have feet and so cannot go to Sports Direct. However. <laughs> yeah, however, if I were, if I were to tell you what it'd be like as a joke. <laughs> Here's an extract of a review that I could write if I were to have gone to Sports Review. However, I must remind you, I never have because I'm a large language model. <laughs> and now as a resident of the Netherlands, I'm working within a, uh, a privatized health system. So I need to find a doctor. Yeah. I need my ADHD meds, for example. Mm. But it's not a case of just like, just talk to the nearest GP and get referred. I got all these choices. And because it's privatized. It's choice. It is the tyranny of choice because yeah. this is this is healthcare. Yeah. And all the reviews are in Dutch, right? So <laughs> Oh shit, yeah. And they contain health words, which honestly goes well. Beyond. I know my basic parts of the body. It's not on Duolingo, is it? It's not really. And so you have the, you have the same kind of reviews that we're talking about. But I've mostly talked about Chinese food as like the quintessential thing you want to check a review for. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to like your doctor to get your medicine, mm. when you want medication that's going to affect your actual like brain for 12 hours a day, yeah. you kind of don't want to get a dickhead, do you? No. But they could be. However, no, no, no. It would be irrelevant if they were a dickhead. They could be deeply unpleasant, but very good at medicine. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want Dr. House or something. I, I, just, I just want someone who's nice to me and listens to me and says, oh, yeah, that kind does seem to be giving you a headache. Let's try this no, but kind what if, instead. What if they've got like an arsehole receptionist, but as doctors tend to do? Because doctors, receptionists are very stressed people. Mm. Uh, well, under the NHS, I've got no idea how it is here. There are aspects of reviewing a medical practitioner where your main concern is how good are they at medical practice, which I accept probably involves being a compassionate individual. But mm. if someone's hating on the decor or it's in a weird part of town, these are things that could negatively affect the reviews, but they might 
not be that relevant to the service being provided. Well, also the, the other big question is anyone who is adequately qualified to review their GP would simply diagnose themselves. <laughs> 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 Didn't you? If you knew enough to tell whether a GP was actually good at medicine, oh, then no. you must Hard know. Hard disagree. Really? Yeah, yeah. Someone who doesn't have a medical training can very quickly realise that a, G- a GP is bad and is fucking them over. <laughs> they can be bad at their job and they cannot listen to you, Yeah. right? There can be social and interpersonal reasons. Yeah, yeah. They don't listen to fat people, they don't listen to trans people, they don't listen to women, they don't listen to minorities. All of that's right. And also they don't understand loads of medical conditions because they're general practitioners. So they're just literally fucking Googling stuff. Yeah, and this is what I'm worried about. Yeah. Because a lot of these, right, a lot of the places here... You go, okay, where are the nearest GPs to me? They'll take you to this like HTML, like 2005 style GeoCities website. Mm. And instead of their address, it's got a picture of a block of flats and they've circled the one they live in. (laughs) (laughs) I think I don't need a review for this one. I'm not going to you. (laughs) But why? They could be good. They could be good and just work from home. It feels weird. Why? It feels strange. Why? I want my doctors to be a custom-built building with a wheelchair ramp. Why? I don't know. It just feels weird to get diagnosed by someone in the room next to the room they sleep. It feels <laughs> I weird, don't want to see my bad? doctor's kitchen. <laughs> but, they could be, but they could be amazing. They could be, yeah. And that's probably why they can afford just to do it all from home. Mm. They don't need the legitimacy of some fancy hedge-lined building. Go there. I think you should go and report back. And the thing is with doctors, people are only, I feel like people are only leaving reviews if something's gone wrong, right? Yeah, like the doctor yeah. didn't cure them. So nowhere has a glowing review. You wouldn't give a, well, you might give a review if someone like properly saved your life. If someone like but saved you, your life, <laughs> would you just leave it? I think it's probably less than six times that a GP has saved you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Unless it was someone who couldn't realise, you know, they had a nail in their skull. Welcome to the GP bashing episode of Mando's. <laughs> a nail or a screw? A rivet. Do you know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't want it in my head. <laughs> Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella G. Many thanks to all of you who tuned into this MP3 file and a special shout out to those who help us spread the word by sharing this episode on social media or backing us at patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party where there's an abundance of additional content. Until next time, farewell friends. Farewell friends.